Then let's forget what we should have done earlier and continue with what we should do now. Well, I had uh, an interesting cat at work today. Uh, so I talked to one of my uh, one of my coworkers is this 60 something old lady and she's you know she's conservative cuz go figure um and during uh, basically she was criticizing me and one of the other workers for like oh we don't get anything done or whatever and by the end of the conversation I was full on talking you know uh, means of productions to type stuff at her and uh during the conversation she said something that was like oh how can you be so close and completely completely off base at the same time um she said at one point she said, well, you know, you spend more time at work than you do with your family or anything else nowadays. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then she, she used that as a jumping off point for, so that's why work should be the most important thing to you. And I'm oh like, how can you be this fucking close? And then, uh, anyway, it also led to me talking about that I'm depressed and miserable about life and, you know, stuff like that. And uh, she gave me this pamphlet for a therapy thing that we have, like a direct attachment through through our work. Also, a, a company you. called H&H Health Associates. And, uh, I can talk about them because they are not technically my company. I want to real quick read their uh, mission statement for you because they're the, the therapy that you can get. You can get one free therapist appointment if you're oh, an employee at my great. company. One whole free appointment. And I'm like, yeah, well, I guess I'll – I mean, it's free. I'll take it. But here's, yeah. but I think it's going to end up being so – here's why I think it might end up being a waste. So here's the full mission statement. H&H Health Associates believes we can make a significant contribution to the well-being of our clients. Health is both a, phys- a product of physical and mental factors affecting productivity and profitability. <laughs> Fully functioning associates are the company's greatest asset. Yep. We believe in treating our clients and, fam- and families compassionately to help our clients find answers. We believe people are capable of change that can improve the quality of their life and work. And work. We believe in meeting the changing needs of businesses through our pursuit of continuing education, credentialing, and licensing. And we believe there is a healing partnership between clients and ourselves. That sounds cool. exactly like they care about you as a person and not how much profit you can keep making the company. Right. Cool. I like when... I'm going to solve the morale problem by tell, sending somebody to sit on a couch for 50 minutes and tell somebody else about their problems and be ignored because that person is getting paid instead by the company who just wants them to go back to work. Whatever. I, I, that's, I don't know. I just thought that that whole thing was funny. So yo, dude, you should take I'll a, let you know. I will do that therapy appointment because it's free. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, do it. I will let you know how it goes because I intended, you know, I mean, I'm going to talk to them frankly because they're therapists. They're supposed to listen to me. Talk about you know, so I'm going to be like, oh yeah, no, I hate capitalism, and I think the company's evil, and we'll see, we'll see how well that goes. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I, not to say that all therapy is bunk. No, no, I think therapy is actually very important for a lot of people. And in, in what a part of what I was talking about was in a socialized system where the intent was helping the person be better for their own self actualization. Then I think there'd be a lot of very like I think therapists just like I think teachers would be better because you know the whole point they're there is that's because they actually are passionate and want to do, not because it's what keeps them from starving to death right and it's also about like where you how are you teaching those people how are you therapizing those people are you doing it to to make little cogs that will work in a factory like most of our public school systems are built to do or are you doing it so that they can become a a more fulfilled version of themselves exactly like you were saying yeah well the 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 mission statement literally talks about we believe it'll help the uh, client be more profitable or whatever i'm like let's get back to productivity Hooray. Productivity and profitability. That's oh my God. clearly a, a good goal for therapists to have in mind. Anyways, how about you, man? How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. This um, 
like obviously you 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 and I were texting over the week and I was struggling a little bit with this new job because I just feel kind of like I don't know I feel set adrift like I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing there um I mean I know the the technical thing that I need to do which is edit videos for fucking who, who I won't get too deep into it because I don't know these people do listen to podcasts so they might somehow find this although they listen to podcasts that are about like the, the, did I tell you the other day I was in there and um, the guy who owns the company, the guy who uh, he's the one who brought me in, I guess, the the, the hiring agent as well as uh, the owner, he um, he was playing a podcast over the speakers. Yeah, you mentioned that this guy plays most of the speakers yeah. and that he's a Navy SEALs guy. Yeah, he was listening to his, his favorite book is by Jocko Willink. I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but he's... Jocko Willink is, of course, a uh, a former Navy SEAL who cashed in on being a Navy SEAL and murdering people in order to create, like, a brand thing. So he has, like, his own line of energy drinks, which this guy drinks, and he wrote a shitty book that was about, oh, how do we get tactics, military tactics, into the boardroom? And it's like, okay, cool. Um, And that's, like, his whole... This guy hasn't, like, been in the military either. He's just, like... One of those people who uh, somehow he's like a rising grind kind of guy who like that is his aesthetic, but he's never been in the military or anything like most of these guys who get tactical gear, you know, the shit that these they, they grill on the weekend and pretend that they're fucking uh, militia members. But whatever. This guy um, was playing a podcast about how his he was like, how do I tell my son how to be? healthy without sounding like I'm yelling at him or something. I was like, I don't know, buddy. Like you're, are you setting an example or whatever? And the guy was like, you just got to set boundaries. You got to do it. You got to make sure they know what you're up to, what you doing. And it's like, I, some of this is like decent boilerplate stuff, but it's through the aesthetic of being like, I'm tough and I have a son and I'm going to make that son a monster. Ah, he's going to be so big and scary. And it's like, Calm the fuck down, and this thing is, like, loud on the speakers, and I'm wearing over-ear headphones to try and edit and sort my shit, uh, and I can still hear this podcast, like, blaring, and I'm like, man, I want to put my podcast on on the speakers and see how (laughs) fast I keep my job. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, it turns out that having a viewpoint that doesn't aid the narrative that we could all be fun little cogs, happy to work our hardest to try to... Either, either whether it be the rising grind, the rising grind version of it, or the happy little worker version of it, those are the only two acceptable narratives. Yeah. And if you're any of those other things, then uh, it probably means you're a filthy commie, and that means you're actually secretly a real Russian. Well, I, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I've long ago admitted I'm probably just a Russian machine. I'm this. not actually a human being. I'm a Russian I computer. I was actually replaced sometime in mid 2016 uh, with a, an actual Russian bot. I am just a. Uh, uh, an American Kyle skin <coughs> laid, I almost said my last name, an American Kyle skin laid over a uh, group of nodes and and Russian mechanisms. That's all I am. I was created by the Bernie Bro bot factory. <laughs> they just gave me a white guy's skin because that was the most uh, acceptable thing, I guess. Oh, I mean, yeah, white guys sell really well in this country. We, we do. My um, white. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to this week's Pod Bless the USA. I'm Jim Farver. Here is my co-hosts, Timmy Vivi. Hey, y'all. And Jim Loveless. Sup, everybody? 
Now, for those who don't know, we're a bunch of white dudes who served on the staff of a certain black president, which means we are the most woke and informed that it is possible for anyone to be. Right on, Jim. Anyone further left than us is downright delusional and doesn't understand the importance of imperialism or even basic economics, which is definitely a real thing and not a pseudoscience designed to prop up horrendous capitalist institutions. So guys, can you believe all those alt-right idiots taking horse dewormer because they think it's safer than the COVID vaccine? Man, how brain dead can you be? I guess some people will just mindlessly believe anything they're told from biased news sources. You got that right, other Jim. These Fox News zombies are really out of touch with reality. Anyway, how about Biden defending leaving Afghanistan? Well, as every sane news outlet like the NTC, the National Television Company, have been saying this whole time, we're all skeptical of Biden's capacity to lead. And lately, he's really been proving it. Absolutely. On an unrelated note, all episodes from the earlier stages of the Democratic primary until three weeks ago have mysteriously vanished from our back catalog. But yeah, you know, we certainly don't love war, and none of us ever wrote any positive things about the war-focused actions taken by the president we staffed under. That being said, the way we left this war definitely was abhorrent. Afghanistan was basically a paradise for its citizens while we were occupying it, and now everything we've done has gone to waste. It's really sad, because if we had just stayed a couple more weeks or decades, we have definitely been able to wipe out the last of the Taliban and leave the region in a perfectly stable Western-style democracy. Instead, all those poor women and children are being left to struggle under an oppressive terrorist sect, whose mere presence is a threat to their safety every day. Of course, the fact that 13 U.S. troops were killed in the withdrawal is truly the highlight of this absolute travesty, especially since one of them was a photogenic white woman. Thank goodness we have pictures that absolutely weren't staged of her being a true maternal presence for the people she was shooting at. I'm sure it brings a lot of comfort to her family. We always thought this war was a big deal, and certainly talked about it almost every week, but mysteriously now our entire back catalog has gone missing. So, you'll just have to take our word for it. Now, Jimbo. I know you think the troops killed in the withdrawal were the height of this failure, but I can't help but think of the material costs of our withdrawal. The Taliban has been left with an astronomical amount of military gear that we left behind, and we didn't even get to sell it to them for a profit, which our country would never do anyway. Not only that, can you believe all those rare, valuable minerals and fossil fuels we left for them and for China to take advantage of? We've truly handicapped ourselves as a country for when we're trying to freeze them out in the next Cold War. Just one more insane tactical mistake made by Biden, who we'll reiterate we never liked. Well, in completely unrelated news, Biden ordered a very tactical drone strike that was a true stroke of genius. It killed potentially as much as one Taliban member and absolutely no children or families of note. That's not the extent of Biden's brilliant leadership. He has recently made very compelling comments about how to continue providing support for financially struggling people during this pandemic. He and the beautiful, lovely, awesome, perfect, should be a Supreme Court Justice Merritt Garland of the DOJ recommend that if you can't afford rent in a couple of months, the most effective recourse is to hire a lawyer to help you. That makes perfect sense to me. That being said, as a left-wing person, I think that not paying your landlords is really damaging to the narrative that we're all a bunch of layabouts looking for handouts. I'm definitely glad all these support programs are ending, as they've been tremendously bad for the economy and our image in the eyes of the right wing. 
definitely, we need to reach across the aisle. Left wing, right wing, centrist. If you're a poor person without a job, you could all bond in knowing your free ride is over and it'll be your fault that you're homeless. Now, it's completely fair that losing a roof over your head is a bummer. The good news is that with all the money you're saving by not paying rent, you can afford to spend a couple hundred a month to see a licensed therapist from our sponsor, Superior Aid. They're, yeah, they're as generically uninteresting as possible, which I should say is probably also me. So, well, I mean, I don't know. We're, we at least are interested in spreading a narrative that's not the most popular yeah. one in current capitalist culture. Yeah. I that's the thing. Who's po- I wonder who Podsafe's listenership is and how they think they're changing the world at this point. They're Gen Xers who, uh, like, on the farthest left are, like, DSA types who think that they can change them. And on the farthest right are, like, fucking um, just Hillary Clinton centrists, which I think is probably – it's much more uh, heavily – populated on the right side of that spectrum but honestly yeah. that's me pulling it out of my ass i'm just taking it from what i would think yeah i mean just expectation i mean i, I couldn't tell you for sure but i just i mean i guess i i say that like oh listening to a far left podcast totally changes Ooh, things yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know we're all feeding the machine of uh pointless content that just throws throw as much into the void as possible yeah surely we could fill it up if we add enough stuff in there <laughs> this hole can't possibly be bottomless uh, I, it, the thing I think is interesting, so this is, so I, I am reading Society of the Spectacle. I'm not going to pretend I understand it. Uh, philosophy is hard. I don't get it. But the few things that I did pick out that I think are interesting is one of the, the this thing where, you know, we're a very small part of it, but the thing where what you said, like you're filling a hole, you're filling in a hole with content as opposed to thinking of content as being what's digging out the hole. Right. Like mm-hmm. instead of this being a, a permanent object, something that can fulfill you, uh, what it is, is it's building the ridges and the and hardening the edges of that hole. It's it's the, everything is it's just a different shape depending on what kind of content you're consuming. And that's an analogy, of course, and an imper- very imperfect. But it seems more and more like, you know, a big part of what makes the spectacle is the contradiction is the belief that you're you're doing something the belief that by consuming you're actually making some kind of like there's labor and consumption which of course there is not uh consumption is the opposite of labor so like what we what we're doing right now in making the content can maybe be construed as labor i I wouldn't really stretch to call it that because it's not going outside it's not making material differences but um the the actual consumption of it is for sure not labor and in the same sense that like your consumption and your uh promotion of tweets and shit that's all just hardening the edges of the hole that you your is shaped according to your uh your consumption patterns yeah it's uh definitely easy to just keep consuming for the sake of trying to Act, it's basically a way for you to actively detach yourself from the material conditions in which you find yourself. That's yeah. the whole. I mean, and that's that is the point of most content. To be fair, it is a distraction. Some try, some of content tries to 
add some kind of deeper intent behind its distraction. But at the end of the day, really all you're accomplishing is, if you're listening to content, is putting more pointless of stuff in your head for the sake of it being there. Right. I guess if you listen to like theory books or really dry shit like that, that's all. Sh- that, that's the kind of content where you actually are, you know, increasing your cognizance but even then that stuff i mean knowing theory is all well and good knowing it on in and of itself does not change the world no there's uh the podcast mark's madness very good podcast they go through books and read books but like the idea and they throw this disclaimer at the end of every episode is that it doesn't really fucking matter like reading is important and having a, a a you know grounding yourself in a theory of change is important but none of it matters Unless you take it out into the real world. And maybe that's, you know, taking it out into the real world in the sense that you um, you talk to people, you bring people into a movement, you bring it into a society, uh, maybe not a movement, but definitely into a, uh, a sense of community between you and like maybe five other people um, so that you know that there's like, there's something that you can rely on. There's a community being built, even if it's just you and five other people, and maybe it's them and another five people. Um, there's going to be some overlap there. Cause I don't, <laughs> I can't imagine five different more, people. Yeah. I, well that, yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine others. Others are scary. Now. Um, I mean, that's the whole fucking thesis of this podcast, isn't it? It's that you and I are very, we're unsociable socialists. We're yes. very uh, stuck in in ourselves in a lot of ways and it's very tough to break out but that's obviously ultimately got to be kind of the point the of goal it. yeah well and that's i mean that's why I, today i was honestly very proud of myself for engaging in that conversation As you should i'm be. just really sad that uh the way it ended up was her saying some 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 of the most leftist in idea stuff and then being like and that's but like about why, how the world's broken and then ending it with and that's exactly how it should be right yeah no that's another thing she, her, apparently her uh, I, I shouldn't tell her life story but yeah i just her son recently had an incident with an overdose and she's oh. like well uh he, I, he she she flat out said her son doesn't deserve extra help for free I'm like, so you, you know, at least you, I mean, you I guess if you're going to be a capitalist monster, stand by your ideals through and through. I guess. I guess. I don't know. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, because I know my. She my, got, yeah, she got, she, she got flustered with me. Yeah. And it was a, a frustrating conversation. I just. But I mean, to be fair, it's like I said, it started from her talking a belittling my work ethic, which admittedly, I don't work very hard at that job because they don't pay me a fucking living wage. Yeah, they don't pay. Why should you? They don't pay you fucking thing. Uh, whatever. They, that kind of. You know, that's a, another thing that's interesting is that, you know, I'm going to be keeping bringing this back to the book that I'm reading, which I have not finished and which I think needs to be probably split up into another thing where we actually discuss like more of the axioms that are that are, you know, laid down in society of the society of the spectacle. But um, that that idea where you've you've seen the thing. You've seen what it is. You've seen that you're 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 spending more time at work or getting to work or preparing for work than you are with your family and at home. And you've seen that as the the condition, the material condition, and you see it as good um, because the spectacle has made it so that all of your cultural uh, consumption patterns have hardened the walls of this hole in your body and created a shape in which it makes sense that you you must 
You must, because it is there, because it, it is an extant force. It is your life. You have to justify and say, of course this is good. How else would it be bad? How could it be bad? Because that's what it is. Well, yeah, absolutely. Speaking of things being bad, how about our podcast not having yet introduced itself? Hi, I'm Phil. <laughs> and I'm Kyle. And we are the Unsociablists. And today, you may have figured out, we're talking about how the media around us, and we're going to try and focus on audiovisual media, but how literally everything around us that it, that indulges our horrid capitalist system is designed to melt the brain of the public. Yes. Uh, man, we're all turning into goo inside our brains, inside our heads. Uh, we all, you know, it's really fucking boomer and shitty to be like, you know, we're all staring at our phones or whatever, but that is literally all we're doing. Materially, we're, we're just moving from screen to screen, so. Uh, I mean, especially since COVID, what fucking choice do we have? Yeah, seriously. I used, I feel like I used to do things, but I literally cannot remember anymore. I mean, I didn't. COVID, that's the funny thing. Honestly, COVID, the, the biggest difference COVID's had in my day-to-day life is how often I wear a mask, which is, yeah, it yeah. used to be zero, which it's i mean i don't know again unsociable i was i was definitely that to begin with um but yeah it's for the record i'd say that if i was actually someone who had the motivation and the will to be out and doing things and you know be a more practical minded person with a long with longer end goals i might actually be able to accomplish something i'm i'm a pretty smart guy but my natural intelligence has been sapped away by a life of video games and drivel that's how it goes you know, like that's um, I know recently the uh, China has limited uh, any anybody under the age of 18 from having uh, access more to than three hours a week, yep. three hours a week. Uh, and honestly, I saw that and everyone was like, oh, my God, look, there's clearly their Hitler. And I'm like, actually, I mean, it's not, it's not the worst thing. Kids shouldn't be kid, I mean, their kids are going to be way smarter than our fucking kids when in 20 years. Right. We have no idea. Like. I think that the early indications are that it was a bad idea to let me hang out in my basement from ages 14 to 19 playing video games. Admittedly with my friends, I had friends who we were connecting with and playing these games on, but playing them for literally like dozens of hours in a week. Yeah, it's almost a full-time job of video yeah, game time. Yeah, it's almost a full-time job. All of that eight hours rest, eight hours uh, work, eight hours for leisure, like all of my leisure time and some of my work time and also occasionally some of my rest time was being put towards stupid fucking video games. And I don't know. I I think that I came out like – I'm not going to say I came out good. That, that seems obvious. But – um. I feel like on the tail end of that, when I was 19 and I did break away from that kind of habit, I was able to kind of get some of my shit together. But yeah, like doing it to earlier, making sure that kids actually have like, because, you know, the, the, the question is, what do you give them instead? What do you give them that isn't this? That is a, that is a question. Will China actually fill that hole? Will China actually fill that void maker with something that's not void right and especially during covid that is going to be a tough thing to do like if it wasn't if we weren't still in the midst of a plague which china is mostly far better off than we are when it comes to this plague deal if we weren't still in the midst of this plague i'd be like all right and then you just put them into other activities you have yoga you have sports you have reading exercises you have uh things that aren't 
tied to a screen, but that are communal that you could like spend time with other. I mean, teams. hell, even I, I, honestly, I wish the, the one that I'd say the biggest regret I have of COVID is uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh my god, yeah, that we didn't like do more of that. I, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, for one, we didn't get to do more of that. But honestly, the people who I mean, I don't have friends besides you and your friends who you tried to. Well, no, I had the other, I did have a couple friends who I brought who were terrible people because at the time I was being. They were friends because I would buy them things, right? Um, was... Which is always great, great, great friends. And then, of course, the friends you brought were just—we've, uh, I mean, we've talked plenty about how you have, uh, how you've had toxic friends throughout the, your plenty, history. Very, plenty of people who. Well, but we're both really good at picking good. Honestly, <laughs> Kyle, there's a reason we only talk to each other. <laughs> and our SOs. Like one guy out of all of our our life, it's like okay, we kept this one. We're coming up on what we met in 2014. Jeez. Yeah, it's been years, it's been a minute. Yeah, we're we're getting close to that decade marker. Yo, dude, like better part of a decade. Who knew we'd be alive at this point? Uh, I mean, it won't be that much longer. Don't worry. No, <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, I mean that's another thing. Like, there was a brief period there where climate change was like everyone was talking about it, and I feel like because of the nature of how fast everything moves nowadays, you barely even hear about it anymore. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it's back in the news this week because of all the very obvious shit, and it's hitting the beltway. Yeah. It's hitting the beltway, it's hitting the coast. The people who matter, right? The, the yep. people who decide what show, go, shows up on Twitter. Um, it, it's assholes like me in Philadelphia who, I, I live, like, blocks away from uh, 676 in, in Center City, um, and it was flooded. The, the actual highway, the main highway, that cuts through center city was flooded all the way. It was like 20 feet into this thing. It was really gross, but yeah, now we're talking about it again and it will be gone. It's all, it's already gone. Texas, Texas is a bounty hunter. uh, Anti-abortion law has essentially. That's Jesus. My God, my God. I I mean, whatever, whenever you think about, Oh yeah, we've come so far in this country. Look how far left we've moved. (laughs) <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, like, sure, individuals, 70% plus people want everybody to have free health care, and we've moved so far left that nothing has happened. Uh, it's, it's, again, it's a matter of what is the material outcomes of your theory, of your beliefs. If it's, I spend more time on Twitter posting, then it's not, it's not real. Yeah. That's the unfortunate reality is the people, the people, the masses who actually have these ideals that are the correct ideals are given so much void that they can uh, say they can literally stay out of the way of the people who are actually changing the world. Just, yeah, don't you stand over there with your little toy. Don't worry about what don't worry about us. You can or worry about us as much as you want, but just say it into that little toy. Right. You just stay stay over there with your screen. Enjoy yourself. You know, your self-flagellation or your self-gratification. It doesn't matter. Either of those is great. And depression has depression has set in in a way for me at this point where my philosophy – I mean my philosophy for a while has been kind of like this. But especially lately I've been like if all I'm going to get is bread and circus, I'm just not even going to bother fighting. And I'm going to take my circus and hope that I can get the most out of it, which oh, yeah. is as much distraction as possible <laughs> Yeah. before I stop – before, uh, you know, the floods kill me. The- here, let me read one of these quotes from Society of the Spectacle because I think it does kind of go along with it. Uh, because Debord calls the spectacle, it's essentially the, the concrete manufacture of alienation is how he describes it. Um, and so as we are more alienated, 
we become uh, more invested in our alienation. So he, in Axiom 33, writes, Though separated from his product, man is more and more and ever more powerfully the producer of every detail of his world. The closer his life comes to being his own creation, the more drastically is he cut off from that life. So the more that we are, you know, we're alienated not only from our surplus, but many of us from our actual labor, you know, we're alienated from each other, we're mediated through these screens, and by the nature of that mediation, we get to create the world around us. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. I mean, I uh, part of the reason I do what I do with my day-to-day life is I know the world is fucked, and I'd rather just be detached from it playing a video game and living off in fantasy land yeah. than, uh, than be part of this. I, would, I guess there's a, there is maybe something to be said for electing to cut yourself off rather than just being willful, un, uh, will, uh, unwillingly a pawn to it. But at the, same, but at the end of the day, what's the end result difference? <laughs> right. The material difference is, is minimal at most and, <laughs> yeah but the, i do this podcast that's my one contribution <laughs> hey and I, where i'm getting i'm reaching so people. many people ever <laughs> hearts and minds hearts and minds of about like six people which uh, i, don't I think appreciate you're being generous, <laughs> i appreciate you two people thank you but uh yeah i i think that there might be honestly something to the the difference between electing and being a uh because I don't think anybody's unthinking, but I do think people don't think about certain things. And I think there's a lot things. of the Twitter leftists who who their their thought process is: if I post this thing, surely it'll make some difference. Whereas right. I know full well it's not. It's no one. You know, uh, <laughs> there is no. I mean, there is a difference to be made, but it it can't happen through the spectacle. It has to happen materially. It has to be unalienated. You can't continue to create your world, live inside your little manicured world, worshiping reflections of reality, because you can just change that. You have to deal with the world as it exists and as others experience it. And the only thing that will change that is not, is not posting. It's, it's about coming to another person sharing in our alienation, sharing the world's perception. When it's simply you and Twitter, when you can pick what part of the world you see, then it is an entirely isolated event. When you have to be with another person, get another perspective, or two perspectives, or three, or four, or however many, if you're in like a a group, a, a community that actually has some input with each other, it's something that you can feel invested in right like you still feel a a an attachment to the work you're doing right you're feeling attached you're feeling you're you're unalienated from the halls of power in like your community organization so you can feel like you you're a part of it you can feel like you you've consented to it that's an entirely different world from you know creating a little discord group where you share memes you know it's a very different world from staying on twitter and posting your way to revolution hooray like that's gonna happen you need to get that other perspective that creates a reality outside of the one that you isolate yourself with because you can be eaten up by this spectacle and you can be a part of it you can seed your consciousness to the spectacle and we i mean we touched on that briefly in our second maslow episode the idea that you know the we the necessity of human interaction not just for your own sanity and well-being but for the actual ability to make a practical difference it's 
definitely difficult to have any kind of practical effect uh, when you're not interfacing with another human, when all they have to do to not see you is to not look at your post. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really hard to convince some right-wing person of the left-wing ideology when they're not even going to see your left-wing ideology because there's no chance in hell they'd ever subscribe to a filthy lefty like you. Right, right. No, there's no – the algorithm but if you're in their face. them. Yeah. The, 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 in the same way that the algorithm like reinforces all of our ideas by giving us the same people or the same people who are very similar to us in, in that they look up the same things. They're subscribed to the same things. They consume similar things to us. It works in the opposite direction, and by doing that, creating this this kind of fake community online, it again by that contradiction by by showing you a community online which is divorced from any reality. It can't be real because it's online. It, it it's reinforcing your belief that that's the way things are, and that's the only thing that can that's the only way that things can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. It's a cycl- it has its own cyclical effect because uh, it, yes. just fe- it feeds into itself over and over again without actually advancing the opinion. Yes. Yeah, it's never um, going to um, – it, it's always going to reproduce itself. That's how the spectacle works. But then you said interfacing with people online. At least you're still theoretically interfacing. But the majority of our content is stuff that you watch or do by yourself. Right, and, and the TV nowadays is downright ridiculous. I mean, how many different shows do we really need? But there are more. I mean, we're at a point now where we're probably releasing shows faster than any person could ever watch them. Yes, we are. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. The Adventures of Zorzan and Aglob, Episode 17. Stream a little stream of me. Hey, Aglob. Could I get your attention for a minute? Very well, friend Zorzan, but be quick about it. As you well know, I'm attempting to intake all entertainment media from Earth. I can only absorb 200 unique programs at any given moment, and as such, am not yet caught up with the service known as Netflix. Actually, that's just it. I know you recently got obsessed with Earth's popular culture, but... I'm worried about the path you're on. Nonsense, Z-Boy. I'm still the same old individual. I haven't lost a step in terms of being, uh... That that thing where you know how to... With the big fancy words to make your talking sound smarter. Erudite? Yes, I'm still just as erudite as ever. Don't worry, Broseph. See, I saw people using that word on a reality program. If anything, I'm expanding my vocabulary. Yeah, I'm not convinced that those words are helpful to effective communication. Anyway, this is exactly what I wanted to talk to you about. I know I know you haven't gotten to YouTube or TikTok yet, but even watching 200 items at once, I'm afraid it's impossible for you to completely catch up with every piece of media the Earthlings have released. Well, that doesn't make much sense. Why would humans create more programming than a human could view? It actually doesn't stop there. Once you factor in video games, podcasts, and music... It would take almost a million human lifetimes to observe every piece of media that's been released. That seems highly, um, not much making very sense, have. Illogical. The word you want is illogical. See, this is exactly why I'm worried. The people who hold the most power in human society want the public to be flooded with more entertainment than they could possibly know what to do with. If the common people are constantly distracted, they are less likely to demand reasonable conditions for living, and exploiting them is easy. But these distractions are extremely enjoyable. 
Yes, I've seen a few really stupid things, but the 0.5% of things that aren't stupid are well worth it. I'm just concerned that if you continue down this path, you'll never be able to return to a fulfilling and enriching life. It would be one thing if you were an impoverished earthling who was actively prevented from living a meaningful life due to capitalist oppression. Then, while viewing like this would still be unhealthy, it would certainly be understandable. However, you seem more interested in watching a female roommate badly act as if she is not attractive by Earth standards while her male roommate attempts to win her heart. I'll tell you the ending of that narrative now. She ends up dating the male roommate in question after nearly 100 hours of pointless lead-up. Friend Zorzan, I am highly offended that you have committed what the internet refers to as spoilers. Aglab, you have to admit you're being ridiculous. Even if Earth stopped producing new content today, it would take thousands of Earth years to catch up on what exists, and that includes our ability to intake 200 of these programs at once. But... But I like these mind-numbing distractions. I know they undermine my ability for intellectual advancement, but... I feel like I'm experiencing what is known in Earth dialect as FOMO when I don't watch as much of this content as possible. That's by design. Honestly, Aglab, a lot of these programs are genuinely good, and I would never tell you that you shouldn't ever watch or listen to any of them. I simply think that it's important for you to maintain the rest of your life outside of this activity. You can certainly still set time aside for enjoying Earth media recreationally, but I don't think you should have that be your exclusive activity. But, oh, I, I suppose you're right. Perhaps I will never be capable of consuming the entirety of these transmissions, but I would rather lose out on the least interesting and most mind-numbing elements of this endless barrage of overstimulation than give up my ability to live an enriching and fulfilling life. I'm really glad to hear you say that, Aglab. Addiction to this kind of media is very easy. In fact, that's exactly what those funding its creation intend. Perhaps reduce your viewing to only one Earth hour every Earth week. You'll still be seeing more than a human who devotes their entire existence to audiovisual content. Thank you, friend Zorzon. You have saved me from having a truly myopic scope, not only of Earth culture, but of my observance of the universe surrounding me. Indeed, even stepping away from the barrage of monitors and displays for this brief conversation has left me feeling more confident in my lexicon. I assure you, from here on out, I'll be more careful with what media I choose to consume. Right after I finish these episodes. You know, Aglab, sometimes you're a real appendageful. Tune in next week for more Adventures of Zorzan and Aglab. Look, I I work in video production. I appreciate the work that other people in my industry do. I worked on reality TV for a while, and there can be some art in it. But the fact of the matter is that most of that stuff is, again, it's capital accumulated to image. It's, it's a sense that the world... Um, is being justified, you're being justified in your consumption habits by the media, by your consumption. Um, because, you know, most of that shit, it's just meant to sell you stuff. And I'm talking reality TV specifically. It's just, it's literally, there are, we we built in to the episode. You're not even waiting for commercial breaks. There are commercials yeah, no, the, in how the much, how, many, how many times do you see a co- fucking Coca-Cola can or whatever? It's in, even in not even that fucking subtle sometimes. We're like, oh, if you live in Nashville, here's the thing that go to. And it's like, oh, cool, fun. Um, 
I guess we're just doing that now because you, you know Scribs Network gets some free fucking materials or and and they have to part of that is they have to promote it in the episode. So it's all about it's never ever ever about art. I mean, I really like the scene in the new Loki show where he looks at the screen and says, mm, I'm going to have a nice, refreshing Diet Pepsi. <laughs> Please tell me that's not real. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, okay, I have good. never seen that show. <laughs> I just Because I have not either, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, the fact that you half believed it, though, just tells you where we're at. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm like, oh, please don't be real for a second. But, you know, there's so much shit. You'll, you'll never get through it, and that's by design it's partly it's make work for assholes like me and partly it's uh to keep you constantly looking for something you're constantly in desire you you can never achieve well, I mean, a with, desire with now there's like a dozen different streaming services if you want to be able to watch oh all the various shows and each of them has millions and millions of hours of original content you're in constant fomo whenever you're looking at that whenever you're looking at one of those apps mm-hmm. yep and that's and that's just crippling you even further so that you can't actually, you know, go do something with your life. Which, you know, that sounds like a lot of work. I think I'll just uh <laughs> I'll just watch. sit down. I'll watch Ted Lasso. Uh, not that. I don't know. Well, do I want to watch that? Seems like a way. Yeah. <laughs> Admittedly, I do like Ted Lasso. I know they said it was demonic in one of the chapos recently, but I, I uh, unironically, that is a fun show to watch. So I've never watched it, so it's pretty fun. I mean, like my parents have Apple TV, so I'm or Apple yeah, I guess it's called Apple TV. They don't have a physical Apple TV. They just have the Apple yeah, streaming app, service. Yeah, the service, yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'll no, I, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I've got f- four services, uh, three of which I pay a monthly fee for, and one of which I definitely don't have a friend's password. That no, would be illegal. That would be illegal. Um, have to charge yeah, and across them, I just I, – I, I'm, I find myself watching the same shit over and over again rather than – like I'm not even watching all this new content, which I guess is – I mean, to be fair, it's not like I'd be learning more if I watched different pointless content. No. It'd be one thing if I was watching documentaries or something, but... But even those are still a part of the spectacle. They're still a part of reinforcing the the worldview that you have. There, Like, there's definitely a place. And this is something that I we talked about with Daniel. We were like, does culture fucking matter? Does it matter? Does it make a difference? And I think... Generally, I don't think it does. Um, I think largely it reinforces the thing. I, I mean, I, I like to think that there's that some people are being reached, but then on the other hand, right for those of the people who might even be being reached, probably aren't the type to go impact culture afterwards. Yeah, what's the change? What's the actual physical material changes that are occurring? Because like I don't, I don't know, man. I like there's definitely more people who were active during the Bernie campaign. A very easy thing to engage with uh, materially because it was through the prism of an already established bourgeois democracy. Uh, but then, you know that that when the easy path went away, many of us, including myself, for the most part, have shut off, and there is no material outlet for all of this supposedly good ideas that I'm having or that we're having or that we're all sharing. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, even the conversation I had today, I was having it to someone else who's a nobody, so even if I had gotten through to her, it wouldn't have changed things. I don't know. That goes against the intent of this episode, which is uh, to say 
the media is our media uh, solutions are the problem, right. not the real life communication. Well, yeah, I think that it's much more effective to have a real life communication. Maybe it's you know people say, oh, you get in a fight, yeah, all that happens is people solidify their opinions more, um, and that's probably true. But the the fact that that you're having those conversations, that you're showing a person that that's what you that's what you believe. And then maybe your actions over time will convince them. That's kind of like giving people the context of your actions is probably a good thing. Uh, whereas, you know, just going on and uh, maybe complaining to them about, uh, I mean, complaining about work is, I think, the best thing to get anybody on your side because nobody nobody should no, she like she likes she uh, well that's that's part of the reason i was so defeated in this conversation she genuinely just thinks that work is purpose and that's why like i said she's talked about how um the whole work-life balance thing how it's shifted where work is literally more than all the other life balance things added together and that's a good thing like that that's just how she thinks now i think that there is definitely a point to saying, yes, labor is what gives us meaning. But the idea that alienated labor and labor that you're doing specifically because you want to be like the best little boy at the shop is like, that's idiotic. I think that alienation is what makes labor impossible to to give meaning. I think that when we feel, uh, although there you have it, there you have it, somebody who has alienated labor and uses that as their meaning. Um, so who fucking knows, man? I'm probably yeah, just it's, talking it's possible to say. Head. Honestly, where I'm at at this point, I, the, my core argument was just, I mean, for one, I was trying to convince her that maybe we should give people the means needed to survive and live because right. we have those resources available. And she thought that was a terrible idea. To do? What are they supposed to do? Work when they're dying? Like no, what? she thought that was it. She she thought that was a terrible idea. She was she she flat out said everyone should have to work for everything. Like okay, well okay I don't know I don't know why I had that conversation. I got it. I mean I was I tried to stay polite and pleasant, but it definitely I saw her getting rattled. I was not. It wasn't my intention to rattle her because I don't think she's the enemy. She's just ignorant. Yeah, you no, know. But I, I get like we've said, you know, the people who are upset with the normal people of. Texas, who didn't uh, make this horrible law, or the people who were really upset with, um, I guess, Georgians for not electing Stacey Abrams a couple of years back, the people who are just fucking nobodies like us, like we're not, we're not the enemy, and they're not the enemy, and the thing that you could do to fix that, to show everybody you're not the enemy, is to materially go out and maybe you know, fucking talk to them, talk to them about their fucking day, talk to them about how much the boss is fucking them over, talk to them about, like, I don't know, the game, like, get into yeah, something. No, I, mean, I, don't something. Know, I really, I really tried to connect with her, like, I, I tried to be oh, very sympathetic about her did. son, no. but then she was like, well, fuck my son, yeah, and then I tried to be like, yeah, this job sucks, and then she's like, this job is awesome, and it is life. It's like, I don't know, I don't know, what, you're not leaving me a bridge here, lady. Right, <laughs> that, that one seems like a bit of a, how old is she, she's... Like, seven, like probably 60 or 70, somewhere oh, in that window. Wow. Yeah, there's uh, – I don't know who said it, but it's been stuck in my head for a very long time that an idiot at 40 is an idiot for life. I think it might have been a Hemingway quote. I don't fucking know. Um, yeah, I, not to say that boomers and everybody on – No, I mean I, again, I think there are lots of boomers who still li- live, learn late into life and are 
doing better. Yeah. But yeah, it's also like at at a certain point, I'm not saying we should be like, are you useful to the movement? Because I think anybody can be. Um, but a 70 year old woman who hates her son because he got sick. That's a little that's a little hard. I mean, it's just hate her son. She just thinks, well, her, my son doesn't deserve a handout. No, that's hating your son. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Anyways, whatever. I just, but um, yeah. At the end of the day, though, I think that she's still. I mean, she's still probably a victim of the media culture because at the end of the day, she had to get these opinions from somewhere. Oh yeah. Whether it was even if it's even if it's the pamphlets work prints out to brainwash you, that's still media. Oh yes, yes, absolutely. Is it so different that uh, you know, NBC is owned by General Electric that or that um. Your company has a, a little newspaper that goes around. It's just the difference in scale. Yeah, and uh, if you're, if you're, I would say at the end of the day, the, the the reason these different scales exist is because someone can think they're a free thinker for avoiding this one outlet while still absorbing all the exact same ideologies from a yes. smaller outlet. Yes, it's about consumption habits. It's never been about the right ideas in the right places. Because you can think, oh well, I listen to Majority Report or I listen to Chapo or I listen to Fox News, or I listen to this or that, or whatever. All of that is just a pattern of consumption. It is a pattern of reifying your your habits. It actually feels like uh, directly related to this Axiom 34 here from this DeBoard guy who I didn't read at all because Kyle does all the assigned reading and I just sit back. The spectacle is capital accumulated to the point where it becomes image. Axiom 34 of DeBoard, Guy, uh, Guy DeBoard's Society of the Spectacle. Yeah, that's what it is. Is Capital is accumulating to a point where you see it as a symbol. You see it reflected in culture. The, the idea is that the society of the spectacle. Now, it's not saying that we live in – well, we do live in a society. But it, it's not saying that um, the spectacle is designing – the society. It's saying that the spectacle is the society. It's the commodity commentary, uh, commenting on itself in order to give itself meaning and in order to give itself purpose and thereby giving you purpose as the consumer of that commodity. I, again, I'm a fucking idiot. I haven't finished the book. And I mean, well, we're doing this in two parts. We yeah. already knew this topic was too big to do it in just one episode. I, can't I mean, we're already out, like forty some minutes in, and right. we haven't even yeah, we need so to we do haven't our even bits the, uh, <laughs> Yeah, we haven't touched the bits. We haven't done our news blast. Yeah, so it's just a really tough. Uh, I think that we're, you know, I can't, I can't pretend to be um, very good at philosophy or understanding it, but I feel like. There are a few things that come out of that of this book in particular that are uh, they cut to the to the core of the argument. They cut to what is um, at least seemingly like maybe maybe intrinsically or intuitively correct. Um, Which uh, yeah, I mean that's it's all about a. Uh that specific brand of brainwashing to make sure that each person feels like they are being – that they are not even heard, that their philosophy is feeling – that they feel fulfilled um, while not actually accomplishing anything for anyone. Right. Um, I'll, I'll read one last quote from this book for right now um, that I think was pretty good. Uh, 
and this is on page 143, I think in the newest version, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you, bro. Uh, in all its specific manifestations, news or propaganda, advertising or the actual consumption of entertainment, the spectacle epitomizes the prevailing mode of social life. It is the omnipresent celebration of a choice already made in the sphere of production. The spectacle serves as a total justification for the conditions and aims of the existing system. It further ensures the permanent presence of that justification, for it, gover for it governs almost all time spent outside the production process itself. Part of what that means is that in the earliest days of capitalism, in the earliest days of capitalism's ascendancy, when it was proletarianizing us, when it was taking us away from, you know, individual plots of land that we could support ourselves on, when it was taking us away from the fields and the, it was enclosing, uh, you know, your formerly common, commonly held land, it didn't think of us beyond the 10 or 12 hours it asked us to work, forced us to work. Now it's thinking about us as consumers, not and only as workers. Yeah, and that's – I mean to be fair though, the capital has started paying attention not to any one individual but to all individuals simultaneously by their nature of existing. Um, but because of, the, because of that transition, a lot of people have gotten into their heads that they are the one individual capitalism is paying attention to, that the world actually does revolve around them. And, uh, well, it, it creates. Does. It revolves around me. Oh well, then there you go. <laughs> well, good luck. No Mandela you. effect there. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's. I don't know. It's definitely. I mean, yes, it is definitely easy to mock the people who like truly believe that they are the center of the universe. But this society, the system, is designed to make people think that way. That their opinions are the only right ones, and that they shouldn't even worry about listening to other like narratives that don't match theirs because that's dangerous and stupid. Yeah, I mean, like, how would you not believe that you're the person who you're always right? You're the god. Of course I get it. I'm reality. Me. Everyone else is just a figment of my imagination. <laughs> yeah, if they aren't a figment of your imagination, they're just unimportant. You know, because what have you been – this this book was written in 1968, and it was already like, oh, wow, everything's fallen to shit. We have hyper-expanded uh, – what did I just do? I swear to Christ, if I had fucking – accidentally screwed something up i pressed a w on accident i don't know what that short key is but we've we've expanded to a to a point that it couldn't have been conceivable at, 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 in 68 we've gotten to a point where we are all so individual and also isolated from each other that you know when when we killed god when the protestants came along and said nope it's capital now god is capital now and it's a personal journey for you to create a uh create your own world to be in charge of your own life to be uh separate you are a part of the elect it's all right nothing you do is wrong you must grow and perceive uh capital as being uh the natural and righteous path of growth and so when we did that and when we got into the hyper-proletarianization, when we got past that and into this new era of consumption, when we became more and more individual, where we created this so-called counterculture that was about not individuality, but about individualism, and that 
flushed its way all the way up to the current day where we're now, you know, fucking all of us playing around in Discord, creating our own little universes. How can you not feel like you're God? How can you not feel like the universe revolves around you? There's nothing that you're consuming, which is how you build your identity. There's nothing there that's telling you otherwise. Yeah, it's... I mean, there's a reason I play single-player games. I like to be the center of attention things. No, legitimately, I, I outside like of my... I, I like mean, it. Because I know that I am meaningless. I'm just trying to be an NPC to fill in the fact that all the other people have to be player characters. <laughs> no, I, I legitimately play... Um, I play Skyrim and shit like I'm an NPC. I, I, I don't want... I, I want to be like... I don't want to be the champion of the world. I want to be some guy who hangs out at a bar and drinks. I, I want to meet the people who are in the bannered bear. Come on. <laughs> Give me some mead, uh, you buxom lass. I don't know. If I really feel like uh, it's just a matter of time before we get to full virtual reality immersion and then the media t- taking away your license as a real person in the name of having feeling like you have more license in a fantasy setting will be complete. Yeah, I wonder if we're actually already in the goo from Matrix. Uh, probably not. Feels no, like I mean, I, I'm, I'm inclined to believe that this is reality, but I don't have any proof of that. No. I mean, I can touch things, but how do I know this isn't fake? Yeah, it's, I, don't know. I mean, good good VR, the point is that you should be able to feel uh, fictional in your head objects. Yo, they've been feeding me <laughs> bugs, I am sleeping in goo. Every once in a while they flush it out, though, so that's nice. They actually clean me. Yeah, that's the hope. I don't know, I feel like the robots would do a much better job with us than we would do with ourselves at this rate. Dude, so. uh, the, the more that the... East goes underwater and the West lights on fire. I, I'm more and more convinced that yes. Uh, unfortunately, I think the algorithmic code, the algorithm that the robots will follow, will unfortunately be dictated by the current algorithm of capital. And uh, maybe, maybe it just gets worse. Who knows? Again, uh, I'm not in the business of prognostication. I can't possibly know what's coming. And I yeah. Well, I mean, these constant distractions to our everyday life are preventing us from making these differences, making these changes that will actually potentially make things better someday. So as long as the intent, as long as we as citizens keep uh, indulging in this brain melt rather than, you know, go out into the world, which is which they make more and more impossible by the day. They do. Uh, there's there's we're, we're just going to be a. Uh, less and less likely to ever actually be able to fix things in time. Yeah. But I mean, if that happens, it happens. Yeah. You're ultimately in this world, you are a single individual uh, and it's doing everything in its power to, to reinforce that in your, in your head and in your consumption patterns. I mean, and there's two versions of it. I feel like you people like you and I, our individualism has been played against us to a way, in a way where rather than feeling like we're God, we feel like we're completely powerless. There's nothing we can do. We're just right. one guy. If we're not gods, we're devils. And we, we look at ourselves and see ourselves as being the evil in this world. Um, I think that's by design. That makes sense to me. I often look at myself and say, "Well, I'm not change. I'm not making any positive changes, so I'm just an evil. For- I'm like I'm evil by. It's a good good men doing nothing, you know. Right. Sins of omission that follow us around in our in our in our regrets. Yep. We now return to Capital F. We 
down return to Jada Tata. Otter, did you break old man Wilter Chesterson's window again? No, Dad. A baseball did. <laughs> oh, you sure are a handful. You know, Anna, I don't know why I still watch this show. They constantly recycle plots and jokes, and I swear every episode makes me dumber. Quiet, turd face, you're making me miss the jokes. <laughs> I want you to go march right over there and apologize, young man. All right, ma'am. I'll wait until March to go over. See? That didn't even make sense. I swear a solid majority of the so-called humor in these shows is just lazy writing. It's pointless script filler, and it degrades the quality of programming. What's that, Robbie? You got a D-grade? What class was this in? <laughs> Good one, Dad. Uh, sure, sure, Anna. Not right now. Seriously, what class did you get a D in? I didn't get any Ds. Honestly, Dad, you're just as bad as most of the stereotypical characters on these dumb shows. The only thing our family is missing is a stupid arc where one of the characters dies. Wait a second. I... I suffocated. What? What's going on? This this doesn't make any sense. I'm, I'm freaking out. It took long enough. Now you can join us in the eternal darkness, Robbie. Robbie? Robbie? Robbie, wake up! Dad, Dad, I just, I just had the craziest dream. You forgot to pay my air bubble bill, and I, and I died. And, and Anna, she left to go to war, and, and you had a new baby. Oh, hold, and, hold on, son. Take, take a deep breath. Clearly, you're very disoriented. We do have a new baby. We actually just got home from the hospital, and once you've calmed down, you can meet little baby Theodore. Of course, your sister deploys next week. Don't worry, son. Now, we'd never forget your air bubble bill. It's on direct deposit. That panic attack you had at your therapist's office must have really rattled you up. Well, I guess that makes sense, but it's a bit anticlimactic. What? Dad, did... I, I think I'm feeling better. I, let, let, let me see my, my new baby brother. Aww. Wait, did you hear that? It sounded like a bunch of people saying... Oh. I don't know what you mean, Robbie. Anyway, he's in our room with your mom. He's so adorable, it almost makes me forget about the crippling debt he's sure to leave us in. <laughs> what, the, what the hell is going on? Dad, why did you freeze? Where, where's that laughter and music coming from? That's a wrap on Capital F Season 4. Who are you? Thanks for coming out, everybody. Who, who are you? What? What happened to the outer wall of our house? Who the fuck are all these people sitting and watching? God, God damn it! Stop cheering and answer me! What the what the fuck is happening? Oh, oh God! Is this hell? We'll have some laughs and get along and always worship jazz. We'll all pretend America is really moving left. We'll all be happy trapped in hell, the family bereft. Because when we spell family, we spell it with a capital F. We didn't even get into TikTok. We barely no, talked about God, you know no. podcasts. Like yeah, media media it, goes deeper down the rabbit hole nowadays than it ever did before. Yeah, and the the thing is, is that none of it, none of it matters. You have to go out and.
touch grass is like the uh, kind of what the standoffish way to tell people to do this but like you should go outside and you should talk to people um and it sucks because you're trapped behind a mask or you're you know you're living in a in a world where the person that you work next to thinks their son should die because he can't work um so it's gonna be fucking tough i mean what 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 you think that overthrowing the american empire and the hegemony of capital the global hegemony of capital is going to be easy nah i mean we can I mean, all if we can, all we stuff. need is to get literally 90 percent of all the small people on our side and ready to act to, and ready to go out and act in person dude i don't even think you need that i think if you got a good five ten percent of workers in america to actually fucking care because union membership in 1940s in the late 1940 well like 45 46 that was at a it was at an all-time high in america and it didn't represent more than 20 percent, not even of of the population it, or if you include households and uh they made significant gains obviously they were bought off um they were bought into the the system as it exists now but the fact that you could force people in power or force your way into power with, you know, not a middling amount of people, but a smaller amount than you than seems impossible. I think that it, it, it's it's very it's very possible that we could tell the world to fuck off and fix. It. I would be inclined to maybe have more faith in that statistic, except for that I my concern is that nowadays the Pinkertons have much nicer guns. I don't know, man. I, like, mean, I feel like that's going to need to we need, we need to do like more. Fucking, uh, sensitivity training. So it's not like they're all getting stronger and scarier. It's it's that that kind of power is becoming more culturally diffused among, you know, fucking landlords and shitty boat dealership owners like that. Uh, I don't know. I think that, the, yeah, the Pinkertons are there. Yeah, uh, Biden said if you try to run a thing, we're just going to drone strike you in fucking Alabama or wherever. He fucking said that he would live. Oh, but Biden's a good Americans. guy ever since the Afghanistan. And that's the, I've still seen a lot of lefties now who are like, oh, suddenly Biden's a good guy and I'm going to ignore all the other shitty stuff he does. Yeah, he's still the guy. Um, and we'll get into that, I think, now. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, news blast is coming up. Sorry. I... No, I, I, I'm the one who re- took us back into it, so don't worry about it. But yeah, you're absolutely right. They, they uh, I don't know. I mean, yes, it's diffused through more sources. I know the Pinkertons themselves aren't like the the, the major threat anymore. But uh, just in general, the when I say nicer guns, what I mean is like the, they're they have all the new tools that we have, but they have the best versions of them. So I don't know. I don't know if five to ten percent being an active, uh, five or ten percent of Americans would be enough anymore because it would be too easy to black us out uh, in, with a uh, modern tech. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we could actually. Maybe that would be the tipping point. But even then, that seems that getting to that tipping point seems unlikely because I mean, hell, I don't even think one percent of people care. No, it'd be really nice maybe if more people did. But uh, yeah, I don't think that we're. I don't think we're at a very high. We're not at a very critical mass. I mean, the majority. I think of the our... critical mass is a lot smaller than many people think, but I don't think we're there at all. Yeah, I don't know. The majority of our like active oh i'm gonna resist the system people are like i'm gonna do it by not voting yeah i mean cool don't vote because fuck that system but also that's not yeah (laughs) you're not not, changing again you're just doing nothing like if you're not voting which i don't vote 
But I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I will say I think 2020 was the last election I will vote in. I might do local shit, but honestly, yeah, I, mean, I, should, I yeah, 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 I probably shouldn't do local. But especially you know I mean. in St. Louis, I feel like is a good place to do it. In Philly, I have no control. They're not going to let anybody. In I don't know. I mean, I voted in our local primary, and we got Tashara Jones, who's fine, but there were two other better candidates. Right, Tashara Jones. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank. Thankfully, it's her and not uh, fucking what was her name? Um, Cruzen. Yeah. Yeah, Lila Cruzen. I kind of figured once we had the new vote for as many different people as he wanted, we wouldn't have cruising again. There's just no way. But I still thought maybe we'd do even better than Tashar Jones and get one of the two actual progressives. Yeah, no, it's And not one of the faux progressives. Well, I mean, oh, yeah, I looked up in the news blast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's tough. The And like I said, it makes it's made even tougher by the fact that it's just far too easy to zone out and watch some TV and pretend it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, it's easy. It's easy to run away. I mean, easier. hell, you could, you can, do you know how cheap video games are nowadays? They're the still too per- expensive, goddammit. I am not going well, to yeah, buy well, another I mean, goddamn sure, titles game. right off the shelf, sure. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> buying another FIFA game. I have been playing the exact same game with a different fucking number at the end of it for fucking how many years. It never changes. Well, sports they games always, always charge me sixty goddamn dollars. I'm not doing yeah. it anymore. Sports games are always a scam, but like most new AAA titles, like there's a game that just came out, Psychonauts 2, that I'm very excited to play, and I will wait until it is on sale because I am cheap. Yeah, I, it's the issue with F- FIFA in particular because it's like the only game I actually play is that um, I play online with my brothers and we play pro clubs. And the second that a new version comes out, it is completely abandoned by everybody else playing the game. Uh, it's like, oh, cool. We don't have anybody to play against anymore. So it's like, because all so these assholes want to get the dollars every update, year yeah, on exactly. the year. It's like, ah, but whatever. Whatever. No. I mean, I'm sorry. My uh, consumption FIFA, FIFA may be one of the most fun sports franchise games to play, but it is still a sports franchise I mean, game, main, and that means that it's the whole purpose is, is to sell itself again every year without changing jack shit. Oh, look, we swapped some of these numbers around. There's a couple new names on the rosters. Somehow they fuck it up. Do you know how easy? Do you know how easy it would be to make? just DLC and like literally have the same FIFA game for 10 years and just do some DLC shit. It's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. They haven't changed. I, they have changed since 2015. 2015 was fun because it was just like playing ping pong with the ball. It just pop, 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 pop. And they try to make it a little more realism. Popping, like passing. But uh, yeah, and then they made it worse and then they made it again. And it's, it's like they never really change any of the underlying shit, but somehow it gets worse every time. But the graphics look like 1% crisper. And honestly, the FIFA graphics have looked like shit forever, and it's just it's fine. It, it, uh, look, and you're not playing it to look at, like, oh, my God, photorealistic people. Right. It's you're playing like, it for fun soccer times, I, football times, whatever you want to call it. Shit. It is the most eerie shit whenever uh, it cuts over into the slow-mo of my players cele- celebrating, and there's, like, 100 people in the stands behind them all moving in the exact same way with this dead look on their face. And I'm like, just get rid of them, honestly. Yeah, we could we could lose the stands completely, and uh, it wouldn't impact it – would, it, it, not only would it not impact my enjoyment of the game, it might make it better. It might make it better because <laughs> that really uh, – scary. Anyway, all right. Um, yeah, I think we're ready to move on to the news. Uh, so I guess we'll start with um, – 
don't know, let's start with Afghanistan since that's kind of still a thing and people are still talking about it. How about, yeah. oh, we like gave the Taliban so many high-quality weapons and uh, vehicles oh, and stuff. We're basically uh, we're basically funding terrorism, and we've never done that before. Never done that before. The idea that like people are shitting their pants about, oh, it's the biggest uh, you know, fucking foreign policy failure in uh, American history, I'm like, do you? You don't think getting in there in the first place was that or Iraq? No, that was that was good imperialism, yeah. and this is imperialism not winning. Admittedly, they fucking botched the the pullout. They didn't hold Kabul, and then um, I'm honestly, I, you know, uh, people call me a conspiracy theorist, and they're right because I do think that the British um, just kind of like it was through the British gates that those suicide bombers got into the airport, apparently. Um, I think that they are just, I mean, they're British, they're probably just shitty at their job, but, uh, I, they also have a lot of people who were like, we want to stay in Afghanistan, even though like they haven't actually had like anybody but specialist, specialist on the ground since like 2015. So like, what are you doing? I feel like, I feel like right now. Britain is lash. They, they are a moody teen who's in like peak lash out, and uh, I mean to be fair though, that's not right. No, they're a moody old person. They're yeah, older than we are. They're, they're like, like that moody old. They're that moody, moody geriatric who's screaming at the nurses. Dude, he's just an angry, yeah, just an angry geriatric demented person who's like, I used to be powerful and cool. Why can't I do that anymore? I I should have taken the Suez. But then, of course, they got their ass handed to them because they can't do a goddamn thing without American material and blood. So good luck, guys. You're a stupid little wet island. You made a bunch of horrible imperialism, and then we took over for you. Just go back it's to okay. having We're the, uh... to privatizing all of the things that you that made your country fucking livable. No, we're, that's okay. We're the racist asshole whose kids talk behind their back about maybe putting him in a home soon. They so. just put me in there, so – <laughs> uh it's uh i don't know i mean i i i just can't imagine uh that the way with how badly everything went over in afghanistan that there wasn't some level of yeah, clearly a bunch of like terrorists who haven't who uh haven't had any power in the sect for the 20 years we've been there have that much organization right definitely to use isis k whatever uh isis Khorasan, which interesting cool history about the town or not the town but the region of Khorasan very like old ancient interesting history some of the largest cities in history uh prior to the modern period were in Khorasan and like uh, Merv it was along the Silk Road very interesting history um and we're using ISIS-K as like this justification to uh maintain like like I said a while back like we were we're gonna pull out sure and we're going to leave drones. We're going to maintain uh, our our uh, presence there through a a more covert war, a more terrifying, honestly, uh, presence. Yeah. Just like well, and uh, I mean, there seems to be this uh, mentality that it's okay to. It, it, we we don't have to assault troops any there anymore, but we'll still make sure we blow up one Taliban guy and twenty kids. God. Yeah, the. I was reading a, that article I sent you from the Intercept about the strike that was so ISIS K. Uh, a, a thing that I am almost entirely certain is just made up by the CIA and by American uh, bullshit. Because how many times has ISIS attacked Israel? Supposedly the place that is under the most attacked. 
the most uh, pressure in the region. Uh, never. They've never attacked Israel. Yeah. They've, they've attacked. Strange that. Funny. Yeah, strange that they'll kill uh, another Sunni extremist uh, nation like or another Sunni extremist uh, group like the Taliban. But they want. Well, what it comes down to is ISIS is just—they're not anti-Semites like we are. No, that's all it is. That's they what just it is. respect the Jewish faith. <laughs> they respect. That's the, clearly it. They're actually Zionists. They're actual <laughs> real Zionists. Um, I don't know. I just think that like they let them in to blow up thirteen service members and one hundred and seventy Afghan people. Um, it's pretty disgusting. It's and nobody yeah, gave we have... shit about them. And then the one hundred and seventy dead. Uh, but we talk all about, like, oh, this guy from Maine died. And, yeah, they're all children. We shouldn't be sending children to die. None of them were officers except for one guy was a – he wasn't even – he was still a, an NCO. He was a sergeant, uh, and he was in his 30s, and he was the oldest dude. The rest were all kids. They were all fucking 20 and 22. So, I mean, well, clearly the best way to convince some 18-year-old that uh... – the side they're fighting for is evil is by showing them how evil their side is by blowing them all up mercilessly. It's, it's so gross. It's like, we are going to broaden perspectives with our bombs. And then you follow this up, this seemingly a a failure on the part of the American and our allied uh, attempt to pull people out of just the airport, which, you know, we, we fucking didn't plan anything ahead. Uh, if it was Biden or if it was the military, I mean, it's probably both just didn't give a shit about the enlisted people on the ground or the translators or whoever. Um, Chapo talked about a guy who was English and left all of his staff, but brought like a hundred plus animals. Was it Chapo who talked about this? Uh, maybe it was uh, on the, if it was on the new one, I didn't listen to it. Maybe. Uh, in any case. They brought out of Afghanistan – it wasn't Chapo. It was uh, dumb and awful, I think. They brought out of, of Afghanistan 170 animals that this guy had kept. He had a bunch of shitty cats and dogs, and I love animals. But 170 animals, domesticated animals, take up a lot of room that you could have put your staff on that you've been working with for a decade or more. So I don't get it. Um, yeah, people are shitty. The English are just as bad as us. Um, yeah. I mean, there, there's a reason they're our fucking parents. Right. We, 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 we learned through. a lot of lessons from them, and then we said, fuck you, Dad. We're going to go make our own millions of dollars, but thanks for the loan. Yeah, the loan of literally everything they used to have. <sighs> then we follow all of that up with a, str- a fucking drone strike on a residential working-class neighborhood in Kabul that kills, like— one guy suspected of being connected to ISIS, and then 20 other people, most of whom were kids and a family. And, and for what? We, we have for no what? qualms with murdering civilians here in America, and anyone who thinks that Biden suddenly changed that mentality because of this, uh, because of this AUMF is not paying attention. Yeah, the AUMF, the AUMF is still in action. They didn't even get rid of the uh, Iraq one that they said they were. And the one that maintained this war and our, you know, attacks abroad, like we talked about in the last main episode, um, that's still there. It's still there. We're still bombing people everywhere. Yeah. Still sending in JSOC everywhere. Anywhere we want. 
because it's not about you know politics at this point is just about who who wields power who wields the stick yeah it is uh, it it is uh yeah and i mean it's all about carrying a bigger and bigger stick you know teddy roosevelt was not expecting this when he said that he might have been. Uh, I mean, that's true. He was. He. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he didn't realize how big the stick was going to get, or maybe he was happy to be as imperialist as possible. I think he was probably like, "This would be nice if he were in charge right now." I think he'd be like, "Yep, this is what I wanted." I mean, T- Tr is like an interesting figure. I don't know. It's yeah, yeah, he's a lot. Of, a lot of fun history around him. Uh, listen, to hella presidents. Anyways. Good. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's just disgusting. But I mean, I think this Afghanistan mid- and the Middle East stuff in general is going to carry on for the rest of our lifetimes, and we will just hear different versions of it every week until without, we start. So that no one can actually pin down exactly how we're fucking up this week, right? Until we start really contracting our empire because of our inability to maintain our supply lines out there. Um, this is is, yeah, that's, eventually America will fall. In fact, yeah, I guess that'll be we've the rest of our lives. It'll just be the next twenty years or so mm-hmm. until America starts collapsing completely. Yeah. I mean, could t- hits that breaking point of collapsing. I should say right. we've already started. <laughs> We're on our way. Uh, I think one. Let's. Do we want to turn a little domestic? Because uh, yeah, I was gonna say uh, Texas next. Yeah, let's. You know, it's functionally illegal in Missouri oh, I mean, it's, to get. A I, we live in a free, non-authoritarian, non-surveillance state. Don't yeah. worry about it. It is functionally illegal for a woman in Kansas. Let's say in in fucking Jefferson City. She cannot get an abortion unless she, you know, gets a doctor's notice two days before she can go out, drive the the two and a half hours to St. Louis, where the only Missouri abortion clinic is, and wade through a crowd of like a hundred fucking crazy assholes where, you know, holding up posters that have the picture of Voldemort from the fucking seventh movie saying you're a bur- murderer and they're allowed to like block the entrance and everything. What, what really cracks me up as a Harry Potter fan is when I hear like, when I hear the whole like oh if Harry Potter had been aborted who would have saved the day? I'm like Neville Longbottom, didn't you read the yes. fucking books? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um yeah, it's I don't know. All it's over. Just this, it's just it's it's sickening enough in conservative states that don't have this new law. Yeah, it's terrifying and for the most part if you're poor you ain't getting an abortion. You literally just can't. But now, of course, with this Texas law, which is absolutely barbaric, obviously, they, they tailored it specifically so that it doesn't challenge Roe v. Wade, so that it would have to go through a number of other courts. It will be probably challenged, but they're never going to – even if it gets to the court, it ain't going to get overturned, and it would probably take like a year or two to actually get there. For, so for the two, next two years at least – uh, if you're an Uber driver who takes somebody to a clinic, if you're a fucking doctor, if you're a goddamn friend of a person who's waiting for them after or before their consultation, you could just get fucking arrested. You yeah, can you can be arrested in. for driving to anyone to or from an abortion clinic. Right. It's As well as, uh, you know, of course, the actual woman being at, uh, in the uh, egregious error of the law just by being there in the first place. Right. There are people in jail for having miscarriages in Indiana, and that's like they, these laws, which everybody's like, oh, you should have voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016. This would never have happened. This would have happened. 
This, no, this archaic shit. Happened. This is going down under. This is going down under a democratic, this is uh, democratic controlled president. Congress and sure. uh, White House. Sure, whatever. There's, the Supreme Court. He, Hillary Clinton would have done. Had a different. Had, I mean, I don't think that would have had. We right. still would have had a majority of Republicans. It would have just been a five-four split instead of six-three. Right. Oh my gosh! Oh no! And she'd have picked people like Merrick Garland, who probably would have like abstained from the vote because they don't want to seem partisan. Like I don't want I don't want to step on any toes, so I'm gonna just make sure that this evil thing can happen. Right. It's like let's put some more Ivy League pedophiles on this court so that we can fucking not do it. I anything. mean that's that's always been the nature of reaching across the aisle. It's the evil people reaching across to the even more evil people. Yeah. Uh, how can we how can we help accommodate these even more evil people who are brazenly and more? And that's because you know Republican evil has some balls to it. They're like, yeah, no, we stand by all this absolutely horrible bullshit. And Republic and Democrats are like, oh, this horrible bullshit. It's well, it's bad, but what can you do? Yeah, you got a means tested so that only the people who are in a certain space have the actual horrible bullshit put on them. You know, it's this is well. That's always been the problem. Is like leftism at its core is about how can we we is about we should help everyone, even those who don't deserve it. And every and this country's corp philosophy is we should take away benefits from other pe- from everyone just because some people might not deserve it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's always been how we try to function as a capitalist society. It's and this, uh, yeah, this yeah. abortion stuff is uh, a clear sign of that. We mm-hmm. they are just because. A few people. Well, actually, it's even worse than that because this is a few people who believe some books is the end all be all of reality, and therefore everyone has to live by that lifestyle. Yeah, and the you know God didn't. Wouldn't it be nice if we so could whatever. make a Das, Cap- das Capital uh, the new Bible and everyone has to live by that, whether they like it or not? Yeah, that'd be nice. Honestly, um, yeah, let's start a Church of Marxism. That sounds honestly like a better idea than whatever we're doing now. Might actually get people to believe in things. Uh. Yeah, maybe if we could actually find a way to turn it into a religion, because everyone loves religion in this country. Hey. But I mean, to be fair, no, everyone loves Christianity in this country. It's, there's still a lot of Islamophobia, um, and even though th- uh, the stuff they'll call you an anti-Semite for is just standing up against a capitalist monster enter- uh, enterprise, right? Or sorry, imp- an empire. Uh, yeah, there is actually for real anti-Semitism that exists in Spain, but they never talk about that. No, they not. They'll allow that to live on because it's not that that they're really confronting. They don't want to confront the realities of oppression. They want to use what they can, like like I've said a million times, nothing sacred. Literally we'll definitely do an episode on religion sacred. eventually. Yeah, I, it, because honestly, the more more I think about it, the more I come and I'm coming around to belief. Belief as a as a system, not just of like dogmas and different types of uh you know uh commands but belief as in something that guides you internally and allows yeah, you to a sublimate core your, your core philosophy status. a core principle that connects you to others yeah uh and who knows maybe marxism because it's a teleology because it some people think that that's a bad thing but that the, there is some kind of there is supposedly some kind of determinism to it maybe that's like that's what can give you belief is the idea that maybe it is inevitable that we win, certainly not in our lifetime. Uh, we're not millenarians like the, the people, uh, the early Christians who thought God was going to return. The second coming was going to come before they died. But the idea that maybe you're a few generations on and you still are like, yep, I still won't see the end of this. Like the, uh, 
the people who in um, Europe during the the high Middle Ages who were building cathedrals and shit. You know, one guy lays a stone, and by the time that his grandson is dead, they might finish that church. Like being well, I mean, the guy and- in the middle. Think about that. You're like my son. My father started this. My son probably won't finish this. I am just one more piece along a long path of you have to believe that this thing is going to get done. And I'm one, one man setting one stone at a time, uh, hopefully to build what I would like to be socialism someday. Yeah, that would be, I mean, that would be a great philosophy to spread to people, but unfortunately we, too many people are dead set in their right wing ideologies. And it's okay. The really funny thing at this point, and this will be kind of be like a short touch on another news story while I go through it. Um, at this point, the uh, cons- the Christian conservative masses, if Jesus came and made a second coming, and then he was like, hey, uh, you guys have been doing a lot of stuff wrong, they'd just start booing him. And they've proven they have no attachment to any of their figureheads because they booed Trump when yeah. he said you should get the vaccine. <laughs> yeah, no, th- it's entirely, again, it's cultural. If it, if, it det- if it takes away from their treats, if it takes away from their enjoyment, they're not going to believe it. It's it's just a cultural affectation, and it serves them as long as that their consumption patterns are served by it. Which is why I don't think that religious Marxism would work. But we yeah, don't know. No, again, that would be that would be a topic. That would be more interesting to talk in on depth in our religion episode, which yeah, I'm sure we'll do that someday. Would be a really interesting thing to talk through. Yeah, I love that though. That it's like Trump's like, and maybe you should get the vaccine. You know, yeah, it's, it's I got it. It's great, folks. I've ever felt healthier. Feel fantastic. Boo. Yep. Just, and then he's like, "Oh no, you know, it's your freedom." You know, you don't. You don't you, and then yeah, he backed out like the little <laughs> bitch he is bitch. because that's Trump. Like a little bitch. All he does is he doesn't want to get booed. He wants to get claps. He wants all he, he wants to get patted on the back by all his adoring fans. Right. All the beautiful generals. They're so handsome. They come over to my pizza parties. They say, "You're doing a great job." I say, hey, I, I got the I next still scene. think there's a good Did chance for him to win in 2024. And I say, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, he'll win. Because, again, they might not like one thing. One group of he people is, might he's like the, he, he, He's they become the figurehead it. of that cult of personality, whether they like it or not. It, it, it's, it's, he is, again, like the, like the arch neoconservatives used him to maintain the same order that they had through Bush, through Obama, through Clinton, through Long, long behind us. In the same way that they used Trump as a as a sieve to keep the same kind of pro war, pro bullshit, uh, anti anti worker things that have been going on forever. Uh, it's the same thing that's being used by his cultural fanatics. It's it's not about uh, it's not about the man. It's about what culturally you you assign to that man and you the use value you can get out of it and if you believe yeah, yeah i love trump i'm gonna follow him to all these fucking va- r- rallies if you believe that he's like the best president ever it doesn't necessarily matter what he says your belief in that your cultural allegiance to that will allow you to support him even when you boo him for getting the vaccine and he backs down like a little pussy and then you say well he backed down so i don't need to convince myself that he's still on my side he's still on my side because culturally i'm attached to that 
I guess, uh, what, what else? Uh, how about uh, Elon Musk talking about bringing out the Tesla bot? Oh, AI is yeah. so dangerous, which is why we need to build robots. Isn't that thing get like a mech? Like it can pick up like 20 pounds or some shit. It, no, it's, it's, like it's, it's, gonna be, it's going to be the, the, most useful, the world's most useless dancing machine. But it should also prove just how much he's a hypocrite. You know, he's there... constantly talking about AI is dangerous, robots are dangerous, let's build robots. Yeah, that's like he's a... It's just, again, the people who like... All these weird crypto guys who are like just salivating at everything Elon Musk says. All the weirdos who have posters of fucking Rick and Morty up in their bedrooms that also like you know just like and reply guy all of fucking musk shit i just it's a culture i don't know i feel like his his icon hood is dying but it is still present which it's is still present not still present it bothers the fuck out of me honestly cuz the guy is so obviously trash it's just unbelievably trash and so much that you can't like it, 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 in the same way, you can't convince these people that Trump's bad. You can't convince people that Musk is bad because, like, whatever, they have a cultural attachment to it. Their well, I mean, and disposable income is being spent on buying Dogecoin. It's whatever. It's yeah. It's hypocrisy and sucking up to the rich people because you think they'll give you a modicum of praise. And I know that because I saw all this. Oh my god, it's so endearing how autistic he is, and I'm autistic, and no one's ever called it endearing. They've just called me weird. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's not – I don't care if if he's neurodivergent or whatever. The guy is a dick. Nobody likes him. No, he's it's evil. Uh, autism, autism does not exclude or include evil. It's just another yeah. thing. And I mean there are a lot of – I mean I respect autism a lot because I – I mean I'm very high on the spectrum thankfully uh, in terms of functionality. But – uh, like I've seen autism at its worst cases, and it's very frustrating to live with. But I don't think you get a pass on it, especially if you're going to be one of the most uh, mal- malicious, malicious uh, capitalist uh, exploiters uh, known to the current generation. Right. You're one of the richest – sometimes considered the richest man on earth. You can go fucking die. I don't care what what fucking conditions you have. There are bad people who have had cancer. I still wanted the cancer to win in those cases too. There are good people who have cancer, and I feel quite the opposite about that. Indeed. It's all about circumstance, but uh, yeah, you don't get a pass just because of this thing. Right. Yeah. And yeah, no matter what that this thing might be. Exactly. If you are a billionaire, you are evil. There is no further yeah, analysis that's, needed that's at that point. What it is. You're a bad guy. <laughs> you don't get there by being a good guy. All right. All right uh, any other major stories you wanted to get on? No. Uh, I've been slightly more attached to the news cycle this week. Uh, mostly because the the thing, the 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 drone strike really fucking it, it got yeah to me you, again. you 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 I could tell the wind was just knocked right out of your sails when you were mentioned when you were talking to me about it because it's so it's so obviously like that's all we're ever gonna do, man. Yeah, we're, we're going all... to keep committing an imperialism because blowing things up is what that's America's chief chief, uh, chief export is explosions. Yeah. Yeah, not like bombs, like the finished like products that they. I mean, I guess we sell a lot of we those. We do sell a lot of bombs, use, but we. But no, our our main export is the ones that are ready to explode as yeah. we drop them. Our main export is misery. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's a rough one, folks. But we still think that the best solution is to keep going out there and uh, talk to your crazy right wing coworkers about how much they can be helped by a bit of love and solidarity. Love and solidarity, y'all. I don't know what you mean, Robbie. It can be told in few enough words. 
We are not certain of his intentions even yet. They talked. So I am told.